0: Enjoy the message. How many of y'all looking forward to Christmas? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I hope you are. I tell you, you know, even at Christmas time, with all the lights and everything that are going on and all the excitement, boy, the devil he does not he does not give up from trying to create havoc in your life, does he? And I, I want y'all to know something. Uh, I want you to know. Please pray for your pastor and the staff here, because you know. We, we all face attacks in our life and it just seems like, you know, you can be right there and experience something and be celebrating 15 souls being saved and turn around and before you know it, he's firing darts at you already, trying to get all up here in your mind, trying to create havoc in your life, but yeah, sometimes you got to remind him that you got the mind of Christ, and no weapon uh, formed against me is going to prosper, the victory's already been won, he paid a price on the cross, devil, you're nothing but a liar, and I declare today in the name of Jesus, I'm a child of God, the promises of God are true in my life, and I stand on those promises today, and I'm not going to let you have your way, devil, so hit the road, Jack, and don't come back. Sometimes you got to do that at Christmas time, any other day, too. But anyway, God is faithful, too. Amen? Amen? Man, he's faithful. He'll show up, and he'll just begin to minister to you and help you. And and I'm grateful for that and, uh, and thankful uh, for him being there for me. And, and I'm not trying to segue into something because uh, that probably won't a good segue there. But I was thinking about all the ones that were sending me snowflakes the last, this last few days. Uh, I told somebody, I said, that snowflake is the sign of the Antichrist. Yeah. Nah, listen, I enjoy snow just as much as anybody, but, you know, just at the appropriate time, it just creates a mess, And uh, but anyway, thank the Lord that everybody got here safe this morning, and uh, everybody's okay. But definitely excited about Christmas. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm excited about Christmas, and... The main reason I'm excited is that not have to do anything with gifts or toys. It has to do with the gift himself, Jesus Christ, my Savior, the one that changed my life, the one that I can talk to every morning, the one that's there for me all the time. That's why I'm excited to celebrate Jesus, and that's why we should all be excited about Christmas. That we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, God Emmanuel, who is with us. And I'm excited also because of what the Lord is doing here at Mount Olive First PH Church. Uh, excited uh, about the play next Sunday. I hope you'll all be back for that. I'm looking forward to watching those kids uh, sing and share the gospel to us. It's going to be a great day. And I'm also excited about the Christmas celebration on the 23rd uh, as we have the special music by the choir and special message with the activities going on outside. And then also on Monday, Christmas Eve, as we have that special service here at 4 p.m., I'm excited, and I can't, listen, moms and dads and whoever you are, grandparents, I can't think of a better gift at Christmas time than having my family and my friends with me in God's house in the church. That, that, that would be the greatest Christmas present ever. If my brother and my sister would tell me, I'm coming with you on Christmas and Christmas Eve, that would just be the greatest gift of all for me. And I know that would be for you too. And we want you to help spread the word so we can fill every pew and fill every... Uh, chair so just you know share it on social media about the services coming up tell your friends make sure you're inviting people the main thing is uh, we want you to be in prayer because we're believing for souls to be saved Uh, that's what it's all about so thank you uh, for doing that now the screen's not up but the title of my message today is keep christ in christmas keep christ in christmas now we need to keep christ in christmas amen Because that's the main reason we celebrate, and I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read with you now. I don't have it on the screen for you today, so you're going to have to pull out your Bible. Come on now, it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's in the Gospels. Open up your Bible. Look, if you don't want anybody to see, kind of hold your Bible down low and look at the table of contents right quick. Go ahead. It's all right. You wait after January, though, you're going to better know right where it is. Or you're going to better know right what the verse is because we're going to go through the Bible together this upcoming year. Looking forward to it, New Testament. And um, so uh, you can pull it up on your, uh, on your iPhone, whatever you have. You can just pull it up to the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke was a doctor, and Luke was uh, very historical in his writing, captured so much detail. And he's telling us about the birth of Jesus Christ here in Luke chapter 2. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a, her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let us pray. Father God, again today we thank you for your word. God, your infallible word, your inerrant word. God, your word is alive and your word that transforms us and sanctifies us, God. And we just pray that today, God, as your word is proclaimed, God, that there would be a fresh anointing over all of us, an anointing to proclaim it and an anointing to receive it, God. And we just believe that through this story of Christmas, this first Christmas, that you would just begin to speak to our hearts today, right here today, God, and challenge us where we are And God, encourage us and fill us with hope today as we trust in you. And God, as we uh, lean into you, God, in your word, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Keep Christ in Christmas. Keep Christ in Christmas. That's the title today. I think we know that people all over the world today, people all over the world are preparing to celebrate Christmas. I forgot some of the the stats, but like 97% of people in the world will be celebrating Christmas. Now, check this out. 55%, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, I think it was 20% claimed to be atheists, but they were going to celebrate Christmas too. Now, I don't know how they figured that up, but I know a lot of people are preparing to celebrate Christmas. But I want you to know something. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can get distracted by preparing for Christmas. We can get distracted by preparing for Christmas. We can get distracted by all the lights. Don't get me wrong. I love the lights. I love the, the, the pretty trees. I love the decorations. I love the buying gifts for loved ones. I love receiving gifts. Hallelujah. I wear extra large. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But let me tell you something, you can have all the lights, you can have all the decorations, you can have all the gifts, but none of that stuff matters if you don't have Jesus. Come on now. If you don't get nothing else out of the message today, you need to get that. You can have everything in the world, but friend, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. You need Jesus. And we need Him. Your whole house can be lit up and decorated like Clark Griswold on National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. You can have all the lights in the world, but without Jesus, you're still in the dark. And that's why we need Jesus, so we can be in the light. And what a shame. What a shame it would be. What a tragedy it would be if we put up the tree, if we decorated the tree, if we lit up the tree, and we forgot to lift up the one who died on the tree. The one who died on the cross, Jesus, and gave his life for us as a ransom. So many could be saved, our Savior. So we want to make sure that we keep Christ. We keep Christ in Christmas. So when I was reading the Christmas story, uh, there's some characters there that you see, and and you can find them yourself, but you see the tragedy of people who failed to keep Christ in Christmas. They really, they missed Christmas. They missed Jesus at Christmas time. And I want to just share a few of those with you. And I hope that you're not one of these people today. I pray that the Lord will begin to speak to you right now and that you'll not be one of these people that I'm about to mention to you. But I want you to notice this morning that there's some people in the Christmas story who miss Jesus at Christmas. You can miss Jesus. You can miss Him. You can get caught up in all the hustle and bustle and you can actually go through Christmas and you can miss Him. Let me tell you who misses Jesus at Christmas time. Busy people miss Jesus at Christmas time. Can I get an amen? amen? Busy people. When you read the story, the Christmas story, we know that uh, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're headed to Bethlehem to register for the census so they could be taxed. The, the Roman government wanted their money. Isn't it funny some things never change? The government still wants your money. But here we have Mary and Joseph, and they're traveling, and Mary is expecting. Uh, A child, and she's about to deliver at any time. She could deliver any time. And they arrive in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem is just full. I mean, people swarming everywhere because this census that's been issued. Now family and friends that all grew up there, they're all coming back home again. They're all coming home, family and friends, all gathered there in Bethlehem to register. And Joseph and Mary finally arrive in town and they look for a place to spend the night. They're looking for a place. And evidently they went to an inn, which was a a public lodging place that was normally ran by an innkeeper. And they were looking a place to, to spend the night. And the Bible tells us this here. The Bible says that when they arrived there, guess what? There was no room in the inn. So they stayed in a stable and Mary, the Virgin Mary, gave birth To the baby Jesus. And that's what we celebrate now. uh, The birth of Jesus Christ. So let's look just for a few minutes. At some of these people who were too busy. For Jesus. We see all these family and friends. That have gathered to come back to register for the census. And right there in Bethlehem. There is Jesus. uh, Expected to be born at any time. And all these people. Family and friends. Gathered for that first Christmas. And they missed Jesus. I wonder how many family and how many friends will gather this year for Christmas, but they'll miss Jesus. And then you see the innkeeper there, and and he's running his business, and he's busy, and, and the people are busy, and the whole town is so busy. And they're so busy that they miss a divine opportunity. I wonder how many of us will miss a divine opportunity in our life because we get so wrapped up with the busyness of Christmas. And we end up having no room for Jesus. We're crowded out. We're crowded. Our heart is crowded with things of this world and we have no room for Him. And we end up missing a divine encounter with Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, are you too busy to make room for Jesus? Are you too busy to make room for Jesus? You see, we miss Jesus because we're so busy. We're so busy, busy with our schedules and so busy in life now. We're busy in general, but when you come to Christmas, it really gets busy. Busy with parties and and good things. Busy with parades and busy with programs. Busy shopping for the perfect gift. Busy working. Busy with the kids. Busy going here. Busy going there. And before you know it, like these people that are gathered in Bethlehem and like the innkeeper, you have no room in your life for Jesus. And what happens is we miss Jesus at Christmas. We miss Him. What happens is we fail to keep Christ in Christmas and we miss a divine opportunity. I wonder how many times we've been so busy in life that we've missed a divine opportunity. People walking by us that need Jesus. People that are going through hard times in their life and need somebody to pray for them. But we miss a divine opportunity in our life because we're so busy. I heard it said one time, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that's what the devil wants. He wants you to be busy. That's one of his tactics. He wants to distract you from the things of God. He wants you to be too busy to pray. He wants you to be too busy to open up your Bible and read it. He wants you to be too busy to come to church on Sunday. He wants you to be too busy... To to get involved and serve somewhere. He wants you to be too busy to go out and visit somebody that's sick. He wants you to be be busy. That's his goal. And so many of us, we've missed Jesus because we're too busy. Well, I got to go do this and I got to go do that. and, And when I finish this and my schedule begins to slow down, then I'll make room for Jesus. Let me tell you something, friend. It never happens. You, you, what's going to happen is you will continue to dr- drift farther and farther away from Christ. And that's the devil's goal, is to pull you away from God. And that's just like the innkeeper, and that's just like all the people, family, and friends that are gathered there in Bethlehem. You, you, you have God standing right there in front of you. You have a divine opportunity right there in front of you, but your heart is so crowded and so busy and so consumed with the cares of this world that you miss Jesus. God forbid that you and your family miss Jesus. And I've heard busy people many times. I'm sure I've said it myself. Oh, I'll come to Jesus. I'll, I'll come to Jesus when I have time. Let me just say this to you this morning. First of all, I love you, grace and mercy, hallelujah. I don't care who you are and what you got going on in your life. Jesus needs to be first and above all things in your life. That's what needs to happen. Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, friend. Listen to me. Nothing should take precedent over Jesus. He should be number uno, number one in your life. Nothing else, friend. Jesus comes first. Thank you for all three that said amen. It's supposed to be a Christmas message. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be giving me some hope today and lifting me up. It's, we're going to get there. Hallelujah. But I think today, friend, listen to me. It's a sad day today, friend. And I know, and, and I say these things because I know I've done it myself. But I'll make room. I, I'll make room for Jesus. I'll keep Christ in Christmas when, when my world starts falling apart. Oh I'll I'll make room for him then. I'll make room for Jesus when when everything in my world starts to turn dark. I'll make room for him then. I'll get I'll put Christ in Christmas. I'll make room for him when when my kids start running away from God and start running with the devil. I'll I'll make room for him then. How about this? How about this? Listen, this Christmas, how about this Christmas? That you would be with Jesus 24-7, 365 days in a year, whether it's the good times or the bad times, Jesus is going to be first in my life. Hallelujah. Can you say that today? That's somebody who keeps Christ in Christmas. So don't let the cares of this world cause you to miss Jesus Christ. Don't be so busy this Christmas that you miss Christ in Christmas. Slow down and enjoy uh, worshiping the Lord. How can you do that? There's so many things you can do. I mean... Man, take time to read the Christmas story at Christmas time with your family. Don't let it all be about the toys and the gifts. We we got this little teeny tiny man, Amy, you collect the uh nativity scenes, I think. Well we got a real teeny tiny well, I'll sell it to you. And uh <laughs> but we've had that thing for a long time and it sits right there under the Christmas tree and it's got a little button on it and everybody comes to life in it and it starts telling the Christmas story and and where's Lane Sutton at Lane guess what The, the little star at the top lights up and it's so cool and the boys I can remember Caden right now he was about that long and he would lay down there and just keep hitting that button over and over and over and over again just playing that thing and and finally now it sounds like the chipmunks when it plays and But I'm telling you, friend, you got to make sure that you're not too busy that you miss Jesus at Christmas time. You got to do whatever you got to do to make sure that He's first in all things. So don't be too busy, slow down. Let me tell you somebody else that's going to miss Christmas and miss Jesus at Christmas. That's going to be prideful people. Prideful people are going to miss Jesus at Christmas. It says that when the, the magi, the wise men, when they came searching for Jesus, and the location of where this baby was at, they, they came there and they were talking to King Herod. And they said, where, where is this baby that's going to be king of the Jews? We want to worship this baby. We want to worship this king. That's why we have arrived. And, and it says in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, that when Herod heard this, it said that Herod had heard these things. And guess what? He, he was troubled. He was troubled when he heard that they have come to worship another king. Wait a minute. I, I'm Herod. I'm the king. Nobody worships another king. I'm the king. You worship anybody? You worship me. That's King Herod. King Herod so full of pride. He missed Jesus because he was puffed up with pride. Herod was afraid that he might lose his power, that he might lose his king, his uh, kingdom. And that's why he was concerned and he was filled with pride. You see Herod was a crazy man. He was evil. And he would do anything. He was so consumed with himself. He was so consumed with his own power and his own kingdom that he would do whatever it took to keep anybody from succeeding him as king. So he tried to do what? You remember the story, right? He told the uh, magi, when, when, you, when you find this baby that's going to be king of the Jews, listen, I, I want to worship that baby too. I want to, be, I want to worship that baby that's going to be king. So when you find out where the baby is, you let me know, and then I'm going to go worship this king. But we all know he was using trickery and deception because he wanted to kill baby Jesus. He wanted, listen, his plan was to take Christ out of Christmas. And that same plan is going on today. That same spirit is still moving today to take Christ out of Christmas that Herod had. It's an antichrist spirit. People trying to ban the name of Jesus from being proclaimed. I appreciate the people in this uh, worship center and the people that are in this church that are in places in the public where they serve. And they don't care. They, listen, you want to mention the name of Jesus, you go right ahead. But there's a group out there, friend, that would prefer that you not mention the name of Jesus. They want Christ out of schools. They want Christ out of public places. I don't know if you've heard about this on the news this week or not, but it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. About the candy canes being banned in a school in Nebraska. Because the the candy cane is shaped like a J, and the principal says that it must stand for the name of Jesus, so we can't have that in our school. Isn't that crazy? Tony Jones, you ever do that? I'm going to come look in you. I'm going to go deliver a case of candy canes tomorrow to North Duplin. No, I appreciate your stance. But here, here's what gets me. These kids are going through school and we're so afraid, we're so politically correct that we don't want to tell them about Jesus. We don't want them to know anything about who he is and the word. And then when they grow up, their life is falling apart, it's crumbling, they're living in darkness and going down a pathway of destruction, and a majority of them end up in prison, and then we want to give them a Bible. It don't even make no sense. Friend, they need the Word of God at a young age, just like they are over there right now, learning about Jesus. They need that now. Come on, give God praise for that. I get a little upset, but people people upset over just some of the craziest mess, and and I could go on and go on about that uh, that Herod spirit of pride that just try to remove Jesus out of our. Uh, society, out of our culture is what they're trying to do. And then the nativity scenes, they're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to ban nativity scenes and they're, they're asking people if you're going to have it up, you've got to move it away from a public place where nobody can see it. And this is, the, this is really what's bothered me here. Some places just mocking the nativity scene and, and where they would be Mary and Joseph. They have two men statues there now trying to promote the homosexual agenda. Two females there trying to promote the homosexual agenda. Just making a mockery of God. Friend, they will answer one day. And guess what? That one they make mockery of that's in that cradle, they're going to bow down before him one day. And they're going to worship him. And they're going to say he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to be on the naughty list before it's over with. Nativity scenes wanting to be banned. You know what, though, blesses my heart, and and, uh, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or not, but we had a man in this church, and he's like, you know what? I've been noticing in the parade that there's no nativity scene. The parade is nothing about just a bunch of bands and a bunch of candy and a bunch of people riding by. But there's no nativity scene. It's a Christmas parade. And we had a man in his church along with Commander George and the Royal Rangers... And they built a beautiful manger scene, a beautiful one, and they put it on a trailer. And they put these kids on there, and they had a live nativity scene. And they rode it through the Mile of Christmas Parade. And my goodness, man, that thing looked wonderful. And guess what? We won third place in the parade with our nativity flow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And first of all, I said, we should have won first place. And the Lord said, son, three is a more spiritual number. I was raised from the dead on the third day. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we'll take what we can give. Lord, help me stay focused. So Herod, Herod, he missed, he missed Jesus at Christmas time because he was so full of pride. He had a hatred toward Christ. He wanted to remove Christ from Christmas. If, if Herod were alive today, if Herod was walking this earth today, he would be one of the ones that you see on Facebook that's always taking a picture of himself. Herod would be the one that's taking his picture of himself at Walmart checking out. Herod would be the one at the gas station showing everybody pumping gas. Herod would be at McDonald's showing everybody he's eating a Big Mac at McDonald's. Listen to me. Big deal. Nobody cares. Get off Facebook and quit promoting yourself. It's nothing but pride. You got my car cranked up. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. We might need to sing a Christmas carol or something. (laughs) Oh, listen, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And pride, friend, pride will cause you to miss Jesus in your life. And we need to open up our life to Jesus. Don't be afraid, friend. Listen, we're so afraid that pride will cause you to think, I'm about to lose control of everything. I'm about to lose everything. Well, you know what Jesus said? He said, what profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? He also said this. He said whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Friend, there's things you're going to lose but there's so much more that you're going to gain when you come to Jesus Christ. Prideful people, if you're not careful, you're going to miss Jesus. You're going to your pride will cause you to refuse to bow down and put a crown on Jesus and make Him king of your life, like Herod did. He refused to bow down. No, I'm going to call the uh, my own shots. No, I'm king over my life. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm in control, friend. You don't even have your next breath if it weren't for God. Don't let pride keep you away from making sure Christ is in your Christmas. I remember counseling a man, and I asked him a question one time. I said, sir, can you tell me something? Who who was the most important person in your life? And his response was Jesus. But when he left from the meeting that we had, he went right back into that sinful lifestyle that has taken him down a path of destruction in his life. You see, the evidence from his life didn't say that Jesus was first in his life. The evidence said that his self was first in his life. And pride will do that. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Friend, listen, when your heart is filled with pride, you will eventually go down a path of destruction. And you will eventually fall. So go ahead and just say, Lord, I want to make you king over my life. I want you to have everything about me, God. Listen, I want you to be my savior, but I also want you to be king over my life. I want to give you everything. I want to crown you king over my life. I bow down. Everything about me, God, I give it to you. I belong to you. That's what Herod needed to do, and maybe some of you may need to do it this morning, that you need to surrender your life. Listen, the Bible says if you will humble yourself before the Lord, guess what? He will lift you up. And some of you this Christmas need to bow down, humble yourself, and take that crown and place it on Jesus' head and say, you know what, I'm no longer going to be ruler and reign reign over my life. I'm no longer going to take the lead. I'm going to give it to you now, Jesus. I'm going to hold your hand, and I'm going to let you be king over my life and everywhere I go. That's what we need to do this Christmas. Give him everything in your life. He's the answer to everything in your life. He is the answer to everything in your life. Whatever you're going through today, friend, give it to Jesus. The last crowd here that will probably miss Jesus at Christmas is the crowd nobody would even expect, the religious crowd. That crowd, just like you and me here today gathered in the church. You mean to tell me the religious crowd will miss Jesus at Christmas? Yes, I will tell you that. Listen to what it says in Matthew 2. It says that when Herod called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, that he asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. You see, the religious people, the people that were in church Sunday after Sunday, the ones that knew their Bibles, the ones that knew how to find Luke in the New Testament, the ones that knew the word and knew the prophecy, they're the ones that missed God. They missed him. God right there in front of them, and they, they, they missed him. I mean, how in the world can God's people miss Jesus? I mean, I can see the drug addict missing Jesus. I, I can see the alcoholic missing Jesus. But, but God's people, how can they miss Jesus? And that just tells me, friend, it doesn't matter how many uh, years you've been coming to church. No matter if you're sitting in the pews or the chairs Sunday after Sunday, you can still miss Jesus. I wonder today how many come to church and just go through the religious motions. We just go through the religious motions. We come to church and we experience nothing no worship, no hunger, no thirst, no move of God in our life. You know why? Because no Jesus. You're missing Jesus. Oh, I I know how to go through the routine. I know what to look like. I know what to say. I know how my appearance needs to be. But one thing's missing in your life, and it's Jesus. And you could be here, and you've been coming to church year after year after year. It could be your first day here. It doesn't matter, friend. Listen, your life will never change. There will never be any transformation in your life until you say yes to Jesus Christ. He's the one that can change you. He's the one that can turn your life around. Some of you wonder why you're cold spiritually today. Uh, man, I'm telling you right now. Oh, the Holy Spirit help me guard my mouth and guard my thoughts and guard my heart. Let me tell you something. If you're, if you're saying that you want revival in your life and you're saying that I, I just don't feel nothing, I'm, I'm cold. Well, friend, take a look in the mirror and, and say, you know what? Am I hungry for God? Am I thirsty for God? Maybe I need to start seeking Him more. You, 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 wonder, you wonder why you're cold spiritually? Well, could it be that you're missing Jesus? You you wonder why the fire's gone out in your life? Maybe it's because you're missing Jesus. You wonder why there's not been a move of God in your life lately? You've not won anybody to Christ lately? Maybe it's because you're missing Jesus. God forbid, God forbid that this church would ever miss Jesus. That we would be so close to Him and He would rule and reign and be king over this church forever and ever. That's why we're so passionate about FaceTime and coming together in prayer. That's why we're believing on Wednesday nights as we gather around the altar to pray for people that, 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 that missing Jesus, it won't happen in this church, that we'll keep seeking God and seeking His presence in our life. Here's what really worked me here, though, when I read that story. If you'll just begin to study the Scriptures and do a little bit of research. These people show up there, these magi show up, And they begin to ask these questions and these religious people begin to share the answer to them. Yes, here's what the scriptures say. Yes, this is where he's going to be born. And guess what? They're only five miles away from where Jesus is at. They're only five miles away from where Jesus is going to be born. Five miles away from a divine encounter with God. They're so close. They're so close. And I wonder how many people come to church every Sunday and you're so close, so close to getting to Jesus, but then you turn around and go to a different way. Don't miss Christmas, friend. Don't miss Jesus this Christmas. Some of you this morning, you're, you're so close. You're so close to a breakthrough in your life. You're so close to having your sins forgiven. You're so close to having a miracle in your life. You're so close to having a new hope in your life. You're so close, friend, from God delivering you from what you're going through. Don't miss out on what God wants to do. Don't miss Jesus. You're so close. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come and help me, sir. So close. But you can still miss Jesus. God forbid that we ever miss Jesus. I don't want to miss Jesus. You know, some of them met Him. They, they missed Him the first time He came. And the Bible says, you know what? When He comes again, there's going to be people to miss Him again. He said they're going to be uh, eating and drinking and uh, marrying and partying and all that when Jesus comes. And, and people are going to miss Him. So close, but they're going to miss Him. Friend, I hope you're not one that will miss him. I hope you don't miss him. Don't miss Jesus this Christmas. Make that a priority in your life that you will seek him and come close to him. Because when you miss Jesus, when you miss Jesus because you're too busy, when you miss Jesus because there's pride in your life, When you miss Jesus because you're so familiar with church ritual and church tradition, you know what you're really missing? You're missing hope. You're missing peace. You're missing joy. You're missing a Savior. How many of y'all could use a little joy this morning? How many of y'all could use a little peace in your life today? How many of y'all could use a little bit of hope in your life today? My encouragement would be to you Is don't miss Jesus I feel like that every year You know when, when you come to this church During the week And man especially on Fridays You come right by that liquor store And that liquor store parking lot is full Full of people And I can tell you right now I'm looking over there every time I ride by I'm looking I actually pulled in one time and talked to somebody. But it just, listen, it bugs me because I've been right there where they are and they're, and they're there. They're so close, but instead of. Coming to Jesus and putting Christ in Christmas, they're looking for that hope, they're looking for that peace, they're looking for that joy, they're looking for that love, and they're hoping they'll find it in that bottle, or they're hoping they'll find it in something else, friend. All those kind of things will let you down, but friend, when you put Christ in Christmas, he will change everything in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, my heart was broken last night. I mean, just one thing after the other. We had a young man, the the, the, the mile of police were trying to help this young man. And and he's just been devastated by by drugs and by alcohol. And and, and he makes this statement that, you know what, it's like all hope is gone. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't even want to go on any longer. I wonder how many people are walking around today like that. And and the police, they're reaching out. Can somebody try to help this guy? Can somebody get him somewhere, friend? Let me tell you what he needs. He doesn't need another drink. He doesn't need another, another joint or another snort. He don't need another relationship. The one that he needs is his name is Jesus. That's who he needs. Because Jesus can turn it around for him. And he can turn it around for you. I look at Logan... Man, I look at all these different people, Jason, just the different ones, Johnny. I mean, I could just name one after one where God has just changed their life. Jimmy, God, man, this God, man, he can do miracles in your life. But you got to invite him in. You got to invite him in. Are you going to keep Christ out of Christmas this year, another Christmas? Or are you going to invite him in? Are you going to invite him in to be King? Oh, I want Him to save me. Because I don't want to go to hell. I want Him to save me. But let me do my own thing from here on out walking. It don't work like that, friend. He wants all of you. Would you bow your heads right now? Everyone? No looking around. Please be reverent right now. And just, just begin to pray, please. Listen, friend. It's my heart. It's my heart. Listen to me as your pastor. It's my heart today, friend, that you would just give it all to Jesus. That you would not miss Jesus this Christmas. And that he would be first in your life. First as Savior and first as King. And I know there's some things that are going on maybe in your life that can pull you away. But if you're here today, friend, and nobody's looking around, and you just want to make a commitment today that Jesus is first in your life, you want to make sure that he's King over your life, would you just quickly lift your hand right now? Would you lift your hand? Would you lift your hand at that shoe? Come on. Would you obey God? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down, sir. Praise the Lord. Ma'am, you can put your hand down. Those that lifted your hands and even those that didn't lift your hands, would you just begin to pray right now and just pray and invite Christ into your life. to say, Father God, I, I admit today that I'm a sinner and without you I'm lost. And today, Jesus, I invite you into my life. To be my Lord and to be my Savior. To be King over my life. I've kind of been in and I've kind of been out. But today, Lord, I come to you, Lord, in faith. And I just declare that you're my King and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, Jesus. Thank you for shedding your blood to wash away my sins, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you, you were buried for my sins. But I also thank you, God, that you were raised back to life. You were resurrected, God, so I can have eternal life as well. Lord, my trust is in you. Right now, I call on